Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach. You're going to hear a new episode of our podcast today with Coach Riley Dodge. Coach Dodge is currently the head football coach at South Lake Carroll High School here in the South Lake, Texas area. He's married. They have two kids. Just an incredible young man of faith. I can't wait for you to hear from Riley, so let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. So let's start this off with uh, some background information. So if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about um, where you grew up, a little about your family growing up, and then your family today. Yeah, so we kind of moved all, you know, high school coaches kid, and we moved all over the state of Texas. I uh, was born in Dallas, so I'm a Metroplex kid. Um, we started off in McKinney, Texas, and then we moved to uh, – my dad took a uh, position job in the University of North Texas in the mid-'90s, so we moved to Denton, and we moved to Cameron. He had his first head coaching job in Cameron, Texas, and we moved back to, back to Metroplex. So um, we've been all over the, kind of the map. We settled in Southlake uh, going into my fifth grade year, and I – um, that's when my dad became the head football coach at South Lake Carroll. And uh, we were at uh, Carroll from fifth grade all the way to uh, I graduated high school. And, um, you know, we're uh, – and then went off to play college football at University of North Texas. So, um, yeah, I'm a Metroplex kid, but we bounced around the state of Texas from Central Texas to, uh, to East Texas for a bit. And so it's been, it's been a fun journey. Awesome. So talk about um, – and we'll get back to sports, but uh, let's – I'm going to kind of lay – the faith foundation as well too. So talk about your faith journey and, you know, when you made that decision to follow Christ. Yeah. uh, You know, you know, I think at an early age, um, it was instilled in me my, you know, my, my dad's, uh, my grandfather, my dad's dad was a Methodist minister. And uh, so my dad grew up in the church, um, was very uh, entrenched in it with uh, my grandfather being a, a lead pastor um, but I, you know, I really don't feel like, you know, I was always, um, involved in, in the church in, in high school and middle school. And, uh, but I, you know, I didn't feel, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't feel a strong connection. I was kind of in and out, uh, consistency, but you know, when I, I went from North Texas to Manise state and I finished my last year at Manise state in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And I had a group of, uh, of men that kind of just, um, gravitated to me and grabbed me and, um, got me into uh, fellowship of Christian athletes. Mm. And uh, I think they saw something that I didn't see in myself um, when it came to uh, 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 leadership. And, uh, you know, they, they saw something greater than me and uh, really pulled me in and, and challenged me, um, you know, to be great, but, you know, to, uh, to, to build a foundation um, with our Lord, um, Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, and, and that's really where it started. That's where the, my fire started for, uh, for, uh, Jesus. And, um, and I, and I met my beautiful wife, Alexis, and she is, uh, man, she's a God fearing woman. And, uh, and so that, that really, uh, that's what attracted me to my wife, Alexis first. And then, uh, you know, it's just, it's gone. Um, it's gone on the uptick ever since, uh, you know, Minnie state and, uh, we've made some, some big time life choices, um, career wise, um, because we didn't, you know, currently where we're at, we didn't want to leave our church. And uh, mm. we're, at, we're at Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of coaches from the high school level to the college level have opportunities. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we would take opportunities uh, just to take a job. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had some really good uh, opportunities over the last five or six years that, you know, us as a family have, have passed on just because 
uh, man, we're just so entrenched with our church and the spiritual family that we have at Milestone Church. And there's so many great churches around the state and the country, but uh, we, we're very, uh, very proud of ours and uh, just the men and, and that I've, I've come in uh, contact with, that they're family to me now. And um, I, I just don't know what I would do with, without uh, my spiritual family at Milestone right now. That's awesome. That's a, that's an awesome story, especially, I mean, I don't know, you don't hear a lot of guys, you know, taking their faith serious through something in college, Yeah. you know, and then like you said, they're making career choices based off of a church home. That's huge. Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, you know, it was, it was tough. You know, I've had, I've had just very blessed to be around uh, some great coaches uh, and some great mentors that have opened doors for me. And, uh, from the high school level to the college level. And it, it was tough. You know, we sought out different opportunities and prayed about it with my wife and, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, mentors and uh, the, of mine that we've prayed. Uh, turning down things, just prideful as a, as a husband and as a man, you know, I mean, I want, I want that opportunity for us as a family. Uh, if, it, it's, if it's, if it's, uh, monetary, you know, money wise, um, you know, I want to provide for my family. So pride wise, it was actually, you know, if, you know, being honest, it was difficult to turn down all those opportunities, but it's unbelievable when you're faithful, <clears throat> God shows you favor, you know, mm. God, God shows you favor. And, and sometimes you don't know what's coming. And, and I wouldn't be, you know, to be, to be honest with you, I feel like, you know, right now I'm in my dream job, uh, at, at 31 years old. And, uh, you know, I don't think that if, if I didn't have the men surrounding me, if I wasn't plugged in Milestone Church and trenched in Milestone Church and serving in different ways, um, I don't think God would have, uh, you know, presented this opportunity for, you know, myself and my family. Mm, that's awesome. We'll get back to, to faith in a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, sports. So you played for your dad, um, mm-hmm. both high school and college, right? At least part of college. So talk about what it's like to play for your dad and then, transitioning to college with him yeah so uh it's def. i, I mean I, there's nothing better in the world uh to me you know than being a than being a coach's kid it's a it's a unique it's a unique thing and uh you know playing from that at, at south lake carroll uh, was a bunch of highs and lows um just because you know it's a this community that loves football you know and um, you know, at the time that I was growing up in high school, we were on a run for a while that, um, you know, uh, you know, we won four out of five state champ, you know, in five years. And, uh, you know, here comes the coach's kid, you know, and he's going to also to ball hundred percent of the time. So you hear the chatter here and there that, you know, he's, you know, the reason he's playing because he's his coach's kid. And so I had to really, uh, you know, push through that and struggle with that. I think at a young age, you're not, when I was 16, but, uh, my dad did an unbelievable job. I think, you know, we went through different things where, uh, you know, you know, took, you know, football home. And, but I think after my sophomore year, he did an amazing job of turning that switch on and off. And then, uh, yeah, I decided I was actually committed to the university of Texas for a long time, uh, for coach, uh, Matt Brown. And then, uh, I decided, uh, my dad got the head coaching job uh, at North Texas and, uh, the 18 year old in me wanted to go help my dad. Um, mm. Uh, you know, helped turn around a program and uh, didn't, it didn't play out, the, you know, the way we wanted to. I, I, you know, never really got injured in high school at all. And then in college, uh, really, uh, you know, 
uh, battle the injury bug. And but um, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad things happened the way it did because I you know I, I experienced a lot of adversity in college you know on the field and I think that really prepared me for life. But uh, I uh, we we really enjoyed our time together and I enjoyed playing for my dad. Have you um, have you always wanted to be a coach? I have, you know, I think at a young age, I, just being a field house rat and always around my dad's players. And that's, that was my playground. You know, um, I remember running around uh, the field house at Cameron, Texas at five years old and, and uh, you know, being a Cameron Yeoman. And I just knew at a, a young age that that's what I want to do. And I think it's pretty cool to kind of find out when you're so young, you know, what you want to do for the rest of your life. And, and then not just, you know, I had great mentors, you know, you know, with my dad, but, I think too, this, the coaching staffs that he had and the, the men that, you know, he's had on his staffs that, you know, have gone with him in different places and uh, just building those relationships really, you know, uh, you know, molded me, but, you know, wanted me to be like them because they, mm. you know, they, they walk the walk. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> you said something you're talking through your college. I think it's so true in life is that, um, you know, sometimes it takes us going through some adversity for us to come out even oh, stronger. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, I, I had, I was kind of put on a probably a little bit of a pedestal in high school. Uh, we had a lot of success. I was very fortunate to play with a lot of um, really good teammates and then went to uh, university of North Texas that hadn't had a lot of success. And, you know, we, you know, we, we, we had some highs and we had some lows at the university of North Texas. And then, um, I decided to finish my uh, last year off at Mimi state in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I think God just plant, you know, really, uh, you can't plan, uh, plan your path. He has your path, you know, plans your path for you. And, um, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate for my journey. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, <laughs> we'll get to your, your current role in a minute, but, um, so where all have you coached leading up to where you are now? Yeah, so spent some once I got once I graduated college. That's time at uh, Texas A&M. I uh, was a graduate assistant quarterbacks with the quarterbacks with uh, Cliff Kingsbury at uh, Texas A&M. So I was on that first staff with uh, Kevin Sumlin and those guys, and uh, we had a really really good um, <clears throat> first year when we walked into the SEC. Um, that was. We were, I was there with uh, Johnny Manziel and okay. Evans and that whole crew. We went into Alabama. Wow. We went to Alabama and uh, upset uh, Alabama in Tuscaloosa, and so and then uh, I think we ended up being uh, at the end of the year we were ranked number five in the country. So um, that was a, that was awesome to kind of start your little you know coaching career and learning. And um, after Texas A&M, I went to uh, University of Texas for two years. Um, Coach Brown it was kind of it was kind of funny, you know. I decommitted from coach Brown as a, as a player. And then coach, you know, let me come back and work for him. So that was really neat. I got to work for coaches last year, um, at university of Texas. And, uh, we were one game away from winning the big 12 championship and then, uh, stayed on was fortunate enough to be able to stay on and be retained by coach strong and, uh, stay with him his first year. So it was pretty unique. I got to be on the front end of Kevin Sumlin. I got to be on the back end of uh, coach brown's legendary career at university of texas and then i got to be on the front end of um coach strong's uh tenure at university of texas so i got to see a lot of different styles of coaching and got to be around a lot of different uh coordinators and position coaches so that that was really beneficial for me to see a lot of different styles and then once i got done with college uh, had some opportunities to stay in, in stay in college uh, um kind of start my career and get my own room and be my own position coach but 
we decided as a, as a family, um, I wanted to hop into high school football and mm. I think that's more, um, you know, right now, I think that's more my kind of cup of tea. I love, you know, that's what I grew up around 15, 18 year old, uh, young men. And, uh, so I went from, um, university of Texas to Marcus, fly my Marcus and, uh, worked for Jerry Stanford, who's now the head coach at uh, Texas high. And he is a dear friend of mine and a, uh, a mentor of mine that I call on, on a, on a, uh, daily basis, but, um, worked for him. And then coach got the, uh, worked for coach for two years. And then he got the head coach of Texas high. Uh, we decided to, uh, like we were talking about earlier, I didn't want to leave our church. And, um, that was, that was an opportunity that, uh, was tough to turn down. Cause I wanted to, he was, he's such a great man and a mm-hmm. great example for me on and off the field. Um, but we just, I decided to stay, um, in the Metroplex and I got to work for, uh, coach, uh, Bill Poe at uh, Northwest was offense coordinator Northwest for him. And uh, coach uh, is kind of full, came full circle. My dad uh, worked for uh, for Ron Poe, Bill's dad at McKinney, and my dad coached Bill in high school. And then Bill worked for my dad. It's kind of crazy. My dad, Bill worked for my dad at uh, Marble Falls, and then full circle. Actually, Bill was my offense coordinator my senior year in high school, and then I got the wow. Team. So it was it was really neat that 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 happened and. And after Northwest, I, I got the head coaching job in South Lake Carroll. So what is it like? I mean, young guy, getting named a head coach at a 6A school, your alma mater. What is it like going home, quote, unquote, as a head coach? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been amazing. Um, you know, my wife's from South Lake. We both graduated from Carroll. Um, so, um, you know, not just for me, but for my entire family. Uh, it's been an unbelievable blessing. But, uh, yeah, you know, obviously a lot of expectations here. Um, I think there's expectations for myself just because um, of, you know, what we were able to do while I was in high school and uh, who my father is. And mm-hmm. I think on top of, you know, coming back home, I, you know, my dad was, the, you know, the head coach here for eight years and uh, had a lot of success. So, um, you know, I think the best thing that uh, someone told me is, you know, be yourself. You know, when you walk into this, you can't be – you can't be your, your dad or anybody else. You can take you know, parts of them and, uh, and, you know, to map out a blueprint for what you want a program to look like. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. And it's been, uh, it's been a really, really, uh, easy transition. How did you, you talked about making it your own and not, you know, who Todd Dodge was at South Lake, but who Riley Dodge is. So, yeah. You know, what's the – how did you come in and establish your own culture? I mean, what? how would you describe the culture that you, you're you trying to build there? Yeah, we're trying to build a family. And I know that's kind of cliche, but, but uh, we want these kids to, when they pull in that parking lot, to get out of their car early in the morning to go, you know, start athletics. We want them to sprint to the door. You know, we don't want them to dread it. And uh, I think sometimes that can, kind of gets lost – um, in sports that, you know, it's a, it's a grind. Um, coaches can lose, uh, lose, uh, kind of conceptually on what they, you know, what, you know, the goal is. And at the end of the day, as a, as a coaching staff, I think I'm surrounded around and great staff, but you know, our first thing is to impact young men and, uh, and, and love them and, uh, and challenge them. Um, so, you know, one thing I stole from, uh, Scott Frost is the head coach in Nebraska his first press conference, I was watching it and uh, he talked about no fear of failure. Mm. And that's something that we have put on every wall <laughs> in our field house. And they see it every day. We talk about it every day. And I want our guys to understand that in life or on the football field, I don't want you to be scared to make a mistake. 
right? I'm here to teach you, not here to yell at you or berate mm. you. I'm here to love you. But I'm here to, um, at first, the first thing we have to understand as coaches, we're teachers first. You have to be a master teacher. And how, how do you teach, all right? And how do you speak to kids? You speak, do you, you, I want to, you know, speak life into them. We want to pour, pour into them. And I think that's, that's huge. And I think our, our staff has taken that to heart. And I, I think we've gotten the most out of our kids um, in the last two years, just based off of uh, off that off that mindset to you know help these kids understand that uh, you know you are going to make some mistakes, just like I am, just like you are, and um, you know it's about how you respond. And uh, you know because in, in a football game, you know we're we're going to be counting on you, and you're going to be going out there next play. So it's uh, it's kind of counterproductive to scream at you and yell at you. But uh, you know our kids, I think we you know we're a high energy staff. Um, that runs around and you know loves our kids and jokes around with them and understands that there's a time for time to have fun and time for business and uh, you know our kids uh, I think have really responded to that. That's awesome. I love that. No fear of failure because yeah. um, I think I mean whether it's athletics, school, and parenting, you know that's something we got to instill because Absolutely. you know culture is all about how you deal with failure. Exactly. Cause I don't, I mean, I, I tell my, our kids all the time, I, that'll make it break you in life. Absolutely. You know, so, on to it. Yeah, that's good. I love that. So what is it like uh, being the head coach with a guy who just recently got named the top recruit in the country? Any, any pressure with that? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, maybe a little, <laughs> Yeah, maybe a little, um, no, it's uh it's really cool. I think that, uh, you know, we've had some really good players come through, you know, our hallways. Um, but we, we've never had one that is, you know, by, you know, different media sources or is named the number one recruit in the entire country. So, um, you know, Quinn is, uh, a young kid that, um, uh, is very, very talented. God gifted with a lot of abilities. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to still be the offensive play caller and the quarterback's coach. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm with him all the time. So he's, he's kind of, you know, obviously he's in my position room and, uh, but I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. And, uh, you know, I think at a young age when you're, you're, you're named, uh, you know, um, number, you know, quarterback and number one prospect in the country, you know, I think for some kids that might get to their heads a little bit. So, but, uh, I think he's done a really good job of understanding that, you know, it's not about him. It's about the guys around him and, uh, He's getting, you know, that's one thing I'm trying to challenge him right now is, you know, try to be a, you know, be a leader and, and impact the guys around him right now, make, you know, our football team better. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be an exciting time. He had a really uh, productive sophomore year. So uh, we'll, we'll see if we can uh, take that to a different level this upcoming year. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I got to say, I saw an interview a week or two ago um, where they were talking to him and, you know, and our, our whole family commented, you know, without even communicating this ahead of time, that just blown away by how humble he came across with the yep. local media talking to him. Um, you know, because when you're a sophomore in high school and you're told you're the best in the country, humility is not the first word that's going to no. pop in my head. If I'm told I'm the best at something, oh. I mean, you're going, no. I mean, and you got everybody telling you that. So, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, no, and I think that goes to obviously family, but I think also you and your staff play a huge role in that. So that's huge. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. 
I appreciate that. He's a, he's got a little, he's got a great family and I think he's uh, you know, we're going through the process every day with everything that he's getting. And, uh, but it, it's a definitely a blessing, you know, as well. Yeah. Nowadays with social media and everything, I can't imagine oh, a kid yeah. that age having yeah, to deal with that. No, that's what I told him. I said, man, I wasn't the number one quarterback in the country. Um, I was a good little high school football player. People write articles about you and they say, you're, you know, you're the next great, greatest thing since sliced bread. And, you know, I think it's tough for him, you know, and then for every kid, you know, nowadays with social media, I mean, right. you check your phone and, um, you know, two seconds, you know, two seconds ago and someone's written an article about you. So, right. um, you know, texted your name or write, wrote your name down. You, you, you see it. So, you know, but uh, I think he, I think he's got a level headed and he, I think the cool thing about him is he's pretty comfortable in his own skin. So, yeah. uh, you know, so I don't think it really uh, affects him too much. That's awesome. So one more question related to uh, coaching right now in your position. So this fall, there's a plan for you to play your dad. Um, so talk about what the build up to, you know, coaching against your dad. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, I think we've uh, kind of finally wrapped our minds around that we're actually going to do this thing. So uh, <laughs> you know, we were talking, you and me were talking earlier, they, they came to us, uh, um, UIL came to us probably mid year last year and said, uh, would y'all consider this? And we said, no, <laughs> yeah. we, said, oh, we don't want, you know, we don't want to do that to, you know, ourselves or our families and stuff like that. And, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think it's going to be great for our, our two schools. I think it's going to be, it's going to be great attention to Texas high school football. Um, it's a hundredth year of Texas high school football in the UIL. So I think it's going to be a really good thing, uh, for the, the state of Texas and high school sports. And, uh, I think the biggest thing that we want is that, you know, I think it's very, it's kind of <clears throat> easy for people to make it about myself and my dad and, mm -hmm. you know, all their son going against each other. So I think the biggest thing we're trying to do is make it about these two, these two programs and these, these, uh, these kids. And, uh, it's gonna be a great atmosphere for these kids because they get an opportunity to play at AT&T stadium first game of the year. So, uh, but no, it's going to be fun. It's going to everything's kind of come full circle. And, you know, we have a, you know, obviously we have a bunch of, I have a bunch of ties, you know, my dad has a bunch of ties with, you know, with South Lake. And, but we also have a bunch of ties with Austin Westlake. And my, my grandfather was a long time athletic director and head football coach at, at Austin Westlake. Um, so my mom's from Austin Westlake. So it's been cool for my dad to, it's, a, I think he's going on his gosh, seventh year at Westlake now. It's crazy to say that, but um, they've, you know, my dad, my mom and dad, um, both went to the university of Texas. My mom's from Austin and, uh, grew up in, in Westlake. So, um, it's, it's a, it's going to be a unique deal. Not that, not just that we're playing each other, but these two, uh, programs are going, you know, playing each other again. It's probably, um, going to be hardest on your mom. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I told <laughs> my mom. Hey, my mom a hard time. We, they, you know, last time we saw them, we were talking about it. I said, Hey, listen, I said, what side are you sitting on? She's like, well, I said, you know, your side of one half and dad's side. One half. Hey, listen, I said, you, I said, my dad was sitting with us. And I said, I said, let me tell you one thing. Me, mom, you, me, we're blood. He ain't blood. <laughs> he ain't blood with you. We're blood. Okay. So, and, and on top of you, have two grandkids and another one on the way that'll be there. So we'll have, She'll have three grandkids in green. And so my dad, or my, my oldest son, my five-year-old, put my dad in his place. And my dad said, hey, you can be wearing red Westlake stuff when, 
when Pawpaw plays daddy, he goes, he goes, no, I'm going to be wearing green. I'm a dragon. So I was like, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. At least, at least, you know, I don't know, you know, hopefully the dragons come up on top, but at least I got my, my two, my five-year-old, two-year-old boys on my side. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I can only imagine what it's like for your mom though. That would oh yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. That would, that would be very uh, emotional. No you doubt. know, just, no. just to see it, you know, just the whole pregame thing. She's not very excited about the game. Yeah. Say. Yeah. So, you know, obviously your faith is shaped, um, how you coach, who you are, um, and your, you know, even the way you build, build a culture there. So as a person of faith and in coaching, have you experienced any resistance to that, whether players from administration? No, I haven't. And I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I've, you know, when it comes to my faith, when it comes to talking with kids or using my platform on social media, I've kind of just maybe asked for forgiveness. Mm-hmm you know, later. And, you know, I, I told him, you know, that was part of my interview process. You know, um, I'm a man of faith and I like to share my faith with kids and I'm not going to force feed it. Um, but I'm going to, you know, always, you know, try to, if it's not me, I'm going to, you know, put men around them that are like-minded, you know, and, you know, that's, that's the way I try to build our coaching staff guys that are like-minded, uh, not necessarily see it the way I see it, but, I want to put good men in that field house and that, uh, are going to, you know, speak life into these kids on a daily basis. Um, so, you know, we, I, I, I talk about my faith with our kids. I put it out on social media. You know, we have different platforms. We have a thing called sports you, um, yep. we, you know, put stuff out on and, uh, if it's motivational, I had, you know, the other day I, we have a Monday morning zoom meeting, uh, you know, right now with our situation. So every Monday we have a team meeting, and I have a special guest that hops on on Monday to talk to our kids. Um, I guess two Mondays ago, I had our youth uh, youth uh, pastor at uh, Milestone Church, Tyron Caswell. He hopped on and talked to our kids. You know, I haven't had any pushback. You know, I think that uh, everybody, um, you know, uh, believes in different things and uh, comes from different uh, walks of life. And I understand that. But uh, I'm going to, you know, talk about what's on my heart and, uh, you know, uh, and see if, you know, sometimes you have to tiptoe around a little bit, but I think the kids get the message. And uh, I think it's been uh, really, you know, beneficial for our kids and our coaches too. That's awesome. I love that. I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think um, I've talked to a lot of coaches through this podcast journey and I love talking about that question because you get different perspectives, different answers, but you know, a lot of guys say, you know, you just got to remember that um, who you ultimately serve. Is it the school district? Are you serving Jesus? Not clearly, there's laws and rules, and yeah. God calls us to obey okay. the authorities. But you know, there's opportunity. You know, if you live in it right, you're going to get the opportunity. Well, I think too. Yeah, I think the first thing that I had to do in that interview process was help them understand. Like, yes, I want this job very badly, but this is who I am, and uh, you know, take or leave it kind of situation. And mm-hmm. if I'm not the guy for the job, because y'all don't, um, y'all don't want me to, or y'all don't believe in the things I believe in, then I, I understand, you know, I, I understand, but, uh, I want to make sure I'm the right fit. I want to be the right person for this, this community and this program. And, uh, I, that's one of the things I talked about and, you know, talked about my faith and our, my interview process. And I said, this is something that, uh, is, uh, the most important thing in my life and, uh, I'm going to share it. So, uh, I think they knew, understood kind of who they were getting. And, uh, so with our administration, I've been very, uh, very uh, blessed to have people that uh, 
understand uh, on who I am and uh, who our coaching staff is. So they've really that's awesome. Really supportive. Yeah. So you're in a, uh, a field um, that is very demanding on time. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance those demands of being the head coach at Southlake with being a husband and a dad? Yeah. Um, you know, to be honest with you, it's, you know, I think it was a, it was a struggle my first year here. Um, I think going from a high school coordinator, you know, going to a head coach is, is night and day. And then going, going to be a head coach at the place I'm at, not just not every every place is demanding, but mm-hmm. going to the place I was I was coming back home. I felt a lot of pressure on myself, and I I I really dug deep into the job being a head football coach at South Lake Carroll. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's there's give and take for sure. Um, but uh, we definitely you know as a family we carve out time. Me and my wife try to have a Wednesday uh, date night or date lunch. On Wednesday, we don't we don't compromise that at all. That's always on Wednesdays for us in the season. And then um, I try to get our coaching staff home on Wednesdays at a really good time. And uh, but you know we work we work some some hours. And uh, uh, fortunate enough for us, we have some wives that um, that understand our jobs. And it's it's difficult because I want to be around my boys. And so, but uh, you know we have some some young we have a young, we have, it's kind of unique staff. We have some guys that have been coaching for 35, 40 years, guys kind of in the middle and some young and some really young guys. And so we have some young families. So we have a bunch of uh, little fill house rats running around our fill house all the time. So it's, it's fun to have our kids, our little ones around us while we're coaching. That's awesome. I love that. I like the, you know, and that's true for anybody outside of coaching too, just to having that committed to date time yeah, with spouses. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's important. That's huge. And it looks different. You know, she, she works as well. So it might be bring, you know, have lunch in my office <laughs> if it's a crazy day or me getting a, an hour to leave the office, go meet her for lunch or we'll do it that evening. And so um, we, we, we definitely uh, carve out time to uh, have Wednesdays together. That's awesome. I love it. That's an encouragement to me. Cause that's something as a, you know, as a husband, it's just, yeah. Usually the unfortunately gets pushed yes. and more, more than it should. Um, so you, you talked about a little bit about this um, a bit ago in the no fear of failure, loving kids first and not being, you know, a, a staff that berates kids. There's, there was a lot of talk last fall um, on social media. I think it came when, um, last chance you, I think one of the coaches there came out and said, well, every coach does it, you know, then you had Tony Dungy and others coming out going, not true. Um, You can coach without berating. So how do you um, as a head coach, and then how does that trickle down to your staff balance that, especially as a believer in Christ balance that coaching? Because as a coach, I mean, I think it's right to demand excellence. Yeah. Um, So how do you balance that fine line? Yeah, you you no, you you nailed it. I think that there is a fine line. You know, um, I think we're in this business because you know we want to be impact kids, but at the same time, us as coaches, we're competitors, right? We're competitors, and these kids are competitors. Um, I challenge our coaches, you know, um, to challenge kids. But how do you challenge kids? That's my, my that's my thing. And I think everybody you, you react different than I react, 
right? There's certain kids that you can challenge. You can really, um, you know, use a stern uh, voice with, and there's some kids that don't react that way. So you have to understand that every kid is different and how do you, how do you get the most out of them? But the kind of the analogy that I use with our coaches is like when I come into a room with you, right. And I come in to talk to you. If I come in and start screaming at you as a staff, I start yelling at you like a madman, right? Because I, I want you to get a task done. But I start yelling at you, and I'm not detailed about what I want out of you or what my expectations are, but I'm just yelling, all right, and being a tyrant, okay? And then I walk out the room. Why would you want to work for me, right? Mm. Why would you want to work for me? You, you, you have no idea what the expectations are. I was not detailed on on what I wanted out of you. That's the same thing when we coach kids. Like when a kid, like we're in off season and a kid comes to my station, right? I have to, I have to teach, right? I have to show, I have to demonstrate what I want, what my expectations are. Okay. And you have to understand, and you have to have patience and grace for kids because they're, they're not going to be perfect the first time you show them, right? It's going to be better the second time. It'll be better the third time. And hopefully by the fourth or fifth time, they've, they've figured it out. But it's you as a coach, right? You have to look yourself in a mirror as a coach or as a business person, right? You know, how do I communicate? And I want I want guys that are that work for me, I work with to be great communicators, right? I want to be I want guys that are great communicators with kids, great communicators with coaches, and um, I think that's huge. But yeah, we you know I, we have conversations like that all the time, and I think if we're honest with ourselves, we have to do an old check with ourselves. You know, so I have an old check with our staff probably three or four times a year, just mm. making sure that, hey, let's let's take let's you know, let's, let's take us, uh, you know, sit back and look at the the the, uh, the big picture of our program. And, um, you know, let's uh, let's be, uh, you know, let's be kind of harsh on ourselves a little bit. And, and I'm talking to myself, you know, I'm being critical of myself as well, like, you know are we doing the right thing for kids? Right. So mm. always good to, you know, making sure that, uh, we, you know, sit back as a staff and kind of have an old check. So, you know, I'll tell my staff, you know, Hey, all right, it's time for our old check, you know? So let's, let's sit down. Let's, let's, let's hash some stuff out and make sure that, and, uh, we're, I'm lucky to have a bunch of guys and staff that aren't yes men, you know, that, uh, will, you know, say what's on their mind. And I think that's really beneficial for us as a staff and, uh, but you know, I, th- I think the way that you, you treat kids and talk to them is if you want the most out of them on a Friday night, you, you better treat them the right way. Mm. That's, that's good. Um, how would you encourage a student athlete or a coach that's listening that understands the platform of athletics, um, their follower of Christ, and they want to kind of, they want to use that platform to be bold. How would you encourage them to do that? Man, I would, if you have a platform, I think we all have platforms, mm-hmm. right? And, and I, I don't, I don't think one, someone has it. Some, I mean, obviously some have bigger platforms than others, but be I, as, as black and white as it sounds, be bold, step out. And, you know, I, I think if you want to uh, live your life a certain way, you want to be surrounded around the right people, right? Then, um, you'll be bold and uh, and not really care what other people what other people think, and I think that's difficult for for young men. Is like how how are my buddies going to react to when I when I want to 
I was social media is huge with our kids. You know, how are they going to react when I tweet about Jesus? Mm. Like, how are they going to resp- how are they going to respond to me when I confess my love for my Savior? Right, and and, and same thing with coaches. I think that's di- I think that's difficult for coaches. You know, is being transparent as possible. So, you know, I think us as men, um, we we want to be accepted. Right. We want to be accepted. And I, I think some, you know, some men are like, I don't care. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. You, yes, you do. You, you do care. And that's OK to care. It's OK to care. But what I would say about that is if your priorities are right and you're living your life the right way. And I have made plenty of mistakes. <laughs> I've made plenty of mistakes and I am um, I've lived I've lived uh, through my mistakes. And but I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think I'd made my made my way uh, through the other side if I didn't have a relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm I try to profess my love for Him every day on social media to get maybe someone sees it that doesn't know me or uh, it's not about me. It's more about you know um, trying to you know to serve and um, trying to be a, a, a disciple. Um, and you know so. Um, I, I think that I think the hardest thing to do is step out. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if you surround yourself around, around the right people, uh, then uh, I think you're heading in the right direction. There's a lot of truth in that. You're right. That, the hardest step is the first one. Yep, absolutely. And I, I, tell, you, I tell you, my uh, our pastor, uh, Jeff Little of Muslim Church, he reached out to me. We had a uh, event a couple months ago, and he called it Men's Night. And it was just men at our church, and it was an amazing deal. We barbecued, had a bunch of these hot rods came out. It was a really cool event. And he wanted me to be the keynote speaker. And I was like, me? I was like, <laughs> like you have all, like, I was like, I mean, he has all these different pastors all over the country come in. And he wanted me, and it was a kind of a Q&A. And I was, it was the most humbling experience of my life. And I was so humbled that he wanted me to come up there and I talked about my testimony with these men, but I was, I was scared. I was nervous. Um, I didn't probably sleep for three nights. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I prayed about it. I talked to my wife about it on how I wanted to get my testimony across to the men in this room. And, um, you know, I think, you know, probably the first thing that I thought of, I didn't want to be judged, you know, I didn't want to be judged. I was scared. And, but that was my platform. You know, I, I wanted to share my heart and I wanted to, um, uh, Pastor Jeff was giving me this opportunity to um, to be a light, and uh, I knew I had um, some of my football players. Kind of, I didn't I didn't publicize that. Hey guys, come to <laughs> Milestone Church and listen to me talk. But they kind of heard through the grapevine that I was talking to church, and so I had some young men that came, and um, and uh, some people in the community came, and uh, I think they got to see a different side of of me, and I got to share my testimony and my relationship. Um, with with my savior so that was that was really really cool and something you know talking about the platform i think you know that was something that i was nervous about you know how are people going to react to my testimony and to my struggles and um and i was and i didn't know how transparent i wanted to be but uh talking with pastor jeff and uh and i was probably the most transparent i've ever been in my life and uh it was uh it was very very um beneficial and it was awesome to uh, share my story. That's, I love that. And, you know, I, I was talking to a, a, 
a young coach the other day. Um, he's coaching a small college, and he was asking about wanting to be more bold and sharing his testimony. I told him, I said, look, it doesn't matter how long, if it's your first time or a hundredth time, anytime you're talking about Jesus or, or talking about the Bible, you're going to get nervous. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just normal. Um, yeah, I think too. It's like the same thing like in football. <laughs> yeah. Like I go, I get asked to go speak at a clinic, <laughs> you know, and I'm getting up there talking about our passing game and doing all this stuff. And some guys, you know, maybe they're, maybe I'm different, but I, I get nervous. I get nervous when I get there. Is someone judging me in the background? Like this guy, don't, he don't know what he's talking about. Maybe I exactly. Don't, you know what I mean? But like, it's the same thing. Step, stepping out and talking about, and and obviously, like, uh, obviously, there's people in the fo- the football side that are more educated than me, and there's people on on um, um, Christianity side that are more educated than me. But it, it doesn't matter. I love coaching football. I love Jesus Christ. So mm. and the, both things, both things I love in different ways, but both, both things I'm going to want to talk about. Right. Mm. And at the end of the day, there's going to be people that love you, don't agree with you or just hate you. And you can't, you can't change it. That's right. Yeah. Whether you're talking football or Jesus, you, yeah, yeah, you're right on both of those. Yeah. There's going to be fans in the stands, gonna be football and, and in Christianity that's going to kill you. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, you said something about putting yourself out there on social media. I think that um, people discount that at times, but I think what that does, though, especially like someone in in, in your case, is when you're when you're out there and you throw a Bible verse out there or throw something about following Jesus, then your staff and your players, um, I mean, they're now they have the expectations, mm-hmm. you know, and so. Um, you know, I, I think that's great to use the platform that way because you're establishing who you are and then they're watching. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, and they're going to start watching every word you say and every action. I think it's very important. I have to check myself all the time is kind of why I walk in the door to start the day is, all right, this is who you are, right? Mm-hmm. This, uh, you're, you're a Christian. All right. Then you have to walk the walk, right? You, you know, that's, it's a, it's an, it's a, an amazing, but it's a great responsibility and mm-hmm. uh, being, being a leader of a program or being a Christian and this is who you are and you're going to portray this is on, I, I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. I want, uh, I want young men to come to know, uh, uh, to j- come to know Jesus. Then if that's who you're going to be on social media, <laughs> cause that's easy. That's right. It's easy to push text something and, and tweet it out or retweet something. But are you going to be that in the hallways? That's right. Or is that how you're going to talk to your coaches? Is that how you're going to talk to your kids? And then are you going to hold those coaches to the same standard mm. that, you, that you believe in? And I think it's, it's important you figure out. I, I, I think a lot of head coaches would say, I got the greatest staff in the state of Texas. I really feel like I have the greatest staff, not because of the X's and O's, because of the men that they are and what they believe in. And I'm very fortunate that I, I, if I, if I had to step away from the field house for a day or two, that it would run like a well machine just because of the human beings they are. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think that starts with their, their relationship with uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, that's, and that's, that's how I want to hire people. And that's the people I want to be around. That's awesome. So let me ask you, this is always a one I, I love to, to, to ask and go back that, you know, I, I take a lot of notes through this is, um, you know, people have a favorite 
scripture, a life verse. Um, I was going to ask if you had one of that to share, or is there one that God has shown you recently you'd share? Man, I, you know, I do. I have some of my notes that through our, our Bible study right now that has been amazing. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, I think that I don't have a scripture that I, that I lean on. I have um, some scriptures written on my, <laughs> I should have taken a picture of it and I could send it to you when we get done. But I have some scriptures that are just, it looks like organized chaos <laughs> in, in my in my office, but just picky notes that either through a sermon or through uh, our small groups that we have, um, or if it's FCA, just stuff that like, man, that's, that's money. That's awesome. And I just put it right in front of me every day. And, um, but you know, one thing that, um, we talked about the other day, you know, you know, John three sixteen. I think, you know, he, he meets us in our pain, you know, he meets us in our pain. And I, I think that's something that, um, we're all struggling with right now is, um, uncertainty, um, adversity, um, uh, not just now, but, you know, life in general, um, um, I think that's, that's so big. Um, uh, you know, I can pull up the verse right now. Uh, where is that? there it is, but, um, I'm just fortunate enough to be around, um, some coaches that we have a small group with and their wives mm-hmm. that we're, you know, we're doing right now on zoom. <laughs> so we meet every, we meet every Monday during the season. Um, and they come over to our house and they, you know, if it's, we have, uh, we have six different couples that meet. Um, I think it's important that we have our, no, we have different Bible studies with coaches, but, um, but I think it's important to have a small group with your wife as well. And, uh, so, and, and with other coaches, wives, um, I know I'm kind of going beaten path a little bit, but, um, that that's been huge for us as a, as a couple. Um, you know, it says sadness will be turned to joy, um, uh, in a little while you won't, uh, you won't see me anymore, but a little while after that, you will see me again. And I think that, uh, you know, I think it's important to understand that it says in a little while you won't see me anymore, but in a little while after that, you will see me again. And, um, you know, sadness will be turned to joy. Um, you know, I've had, um, you know, sadness, I've had uh, triumphs, but, um, I know that God, um, is, is always with me. And sometimes he shows up, uh, when you need him the most immediately. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, it's, it's on, it's, it's on his time and not ours. And I think that's a great reminder for all of us that, um, when we are going through adversity, he, he is listening to you. He is with you. Um, but he is going to show when you need him the most. And I think that's been a constant reminder for me, for sure. That's a good one. You know, I, I love asking that question because, you know, you get the normal no doubt. Philippians 4.13, Jeremiah 29.11. But I, yeah. I love I love asking that because I'll go back and, um, and reference those. And I just – I was telling somebody about a month ago what I've done lately is, you know, quite often people will share a verse and it's one that I haven't – you know, it's one I grew up – Yeah. Um, hearing, but I didn't really spend a lot of time on. I'll go back and use those as, um, you know, try, trying to memorize. That's something this year I'm trying to, it's always been a weakness. I'm trying to do more scripture memory. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that. John 16, 16. I just, 
I put a star by that one to go back and uh, dig into a little bit more. I like that. Yeah, these are, and, and this is a couple of just, these aren't scriptures, but these are a couple of points that I got from a, uh, a podcast the other day. It says, have purpose in your pain. It's kind of what we were talking about a second ago, but mm-hmm. four, four truths about pain. Number one, pain is uh, unavoidable. <laughs> Number two, pain was never meant to destroy you, but to develop you. I think that is freaking powerful. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, number three, pain is a great teacher, but only for those who are willing to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, man, I've, and I, and I can, I can be, I want to be transparent as possible. I went through a season in my life that I had an unfortunate situation happen where um, I, I, I was pulled over and I, and I got, and I got, a, I, I was charged with a DWI and I was with my mom, my dad, my wife. And my, at the time, my five-year-old was, uh, barely a year old, uh, you know, articles written about me and everything was dropped. And, um, you know, I don't have, I don't have anything on my record, but, you know, it was tough for me at a, at a young age. And I was at Marcus high school trying to start my coaching career. And I had a bunch of dreams and hopes and, and, and uh, articles in Dallas morning news, four star telegram written about me and uh, my mugshot plastered all over the place. And man, I was, I was broken and I was in a, dark place and but you know we had just gotten plugged into milestone church mm. and we were at milestone church for about two months before that happened and i already had men just that believed in me before that and when that happened uh, i'd already built started building a spiritual family i didn't know what spiritual family really meant but i started building it during that time and they really were there for me and i just Gosh, it's unbelievable when when you do have things like that in your life. And I had nowhere else to turn. I mm-hmm. I, I, I I came to the conclusion that I'm probably never going to be able to coach again. I might lose my teaching certificate. Um, all these just negative thoughts, but kind of, you know, to be honest with you, it's kind of reality. And but I had nowhere else to turn, and uh, the only place I had to go was to God. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, we came to a conclusion as a family that, um, you know, if we have God in our life, we'll be okay. And if we have a strong foundation, we'll be okay. But I, but going back to that third point, pain is a great teacher, but only for those who are willing to learn. I learned, (laughs) I learned and, but I, I used that situation to, to better me, to better our family, to, better our walk and how I, how I am with my boys, how I coach, how I, how I talk to uh, other men. And, and so that was, that was huge for me and that, and listen to that podcast and say, God will use your pain to free others of their pain. So, and, and, and I think too, it's like when it says God will use your pain to free others of their pain, there's other people that might be, have gone through the same, same thing I went through. Um, it might be different circumstances, but something similar. And I think it's my job as a, as a Christian, it's my job as someone that believes in, in Jesus Christ to share my, my testimony and, and how I came out the other side of it and how I use that situation. I, don't, I didn't forget about it. I, I think about it every day. Um, but how do I use the, those hard times to, you know, to uh, bring positivity to others? So. Um, yeah, I just want to share that, but I think that was really, really huge for me. And it really kind of hit me on the head the other day when I was going, reading back through some notes, some old, some old notes. And that that's always huge. I think the the devil tries to um, 
bring up things all the time, you know, and, you know, you don't want to, you know, you want to stay away from that, but I think it's inevitable that things are going to you know, reappear and stuff like that. And, and I think when, when you have a foundation, you can lean on uh, your relationship with Christ. I think that's, that's more powerful than anything. I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, the, the transparency, I mean, that, that's huge. Um, and those four points, that's, that's awesome. I love that. Um, a lot of, a lot of wisdom and, um, in that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's, it's been, it's my story. So, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to hide from it and, um, it is what it is. And I think, you know, I think the tough thing for me was, you know, I'm a people pleaser. I think that's just who I am. Mm. That's kind of how God built me. And I think that, uh, that, that destroyed me when it first happened, you know, what are people going to think of me? And, um, I, I think that, uh, some people think a certain way of me and, that, and that's fine. You know, I, I don't, um, everybody has their own opinion, but I think that, uh, the think the most important thing is that I know where, who I am and where my foundation is and what I believe in. And, and, uh, so that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my little story. Well, yeah, you know, and you know, you talk about, you know, people's perception, right. When they see a news story like that, but I mean, find, find another person that hasn't made a mistake. Right. Yeah, just exactly. a lot of us aren't in a position where ours is going to be written in the Dallas morning news. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's, yeah. that's the difference. Yeah. That was a, that was a tough thing for me. And I'm trying to understand why <laughs> people want to write a, you know, articles about me and stuff like that. And that kind of destroyed me a little bit, but, uh, it is what it is. And, uh, I can't hide from it. I can, all I do is uh, live and learn. That's right. And God uses those dark times to, um, if we allow him, you know, that whole, you know, saying that he takes your mess and makes it a message. No doubt. Um, so that's awesome. So let me close it out. This is kind of a, another a practical question. Um, two words in sports. I mean, you don't have to really get into it all in. I mean, it's all over. You know, yep. name a sport, it's on their wristband, T-shirt, hat, whatever. But also, you know, in the Gospels, that's what Jesus calls us to be if we're going to follow him. So what does it look like on a daily basis, Riley, to be all in in your walk with Christ? I think it's, uh, you know, for for me, um, I, I think it's more of uh, consistency. Um, but I think it's, uh, you know, you know I, I have to, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I got I to, gotta, be consistent on my quiet times, you know, mm-hmm. with myself and be intentional with my one-on-one time with, with, uh, with Christ. And, uh, and sometimes I'm really good. Sometimes I'm bad, you know, mm-hmm. when, when life comes up and I don't think that's an excuse, you know, um, I think if you create a routine, but it's not, you know, like, when am I going to do, um, uh, open up the Bible. What am I going to jump into word? It's got to be for me and just how I am. It's got to be a part of my, it's got to be a part of my daily routine, you know, mm-hmm. but I've got to wake up in the morning and I've got to start with the word. All right. I got to start with the word to start my day off the right way. All right? And if that's, you know, if it's the word or listen to worship music or lit, or if I, if I got stuff going on, then, you know, listen to a sermon. Um, but, you know, practically that's what it looks like for me. And then I think for me, uh, me and my wife have been really trying to be really intentional right now with our time as a couple together. So I think it's important, like, you know, I think it's very important to have your one-on-one relationship with, uh, 
with God and uh, the hop in the word um, by yourself. But I think it's very important on, on top of that to uh, share your faith and share your pain and share, share, you know, scripture with your wife mm. and, and uh, to, you know, and I think the first thing that we have to do as men is we have to, you know, we have to be the example at home. And if your wife's in the word and you're not, then, you know, I think you're setting, you know, you know, kind of setting yourself up for failure a little bit. And I have been there, you know, my wife, like I talked about earlier, she's a, she's a prayer warrior. She's a chaplain, her sorority at a and She is, she's, she's awesome. And that's always going to be consistent with my wife, but she's been a great example for me. Um, even when we were younger, um, on how, um, she was going to lead her life. And I knew what type, what type of husband she wanted. And, um, and I, and I loved her and I, I wanted to, um, have a relationship with her. And, but I knew that if, if she, if, if I was going to be, if I was going to, if, if I was going to be with her, then I was going to have to do walk the walk. And, uh, and so, uh, but I think it's very important for us as a, as a couple to spend time together. Uh, when the, when our crazy boys and go to sleep and we can actually carve out some time. So, um, yeah, so um, that practically that's kind of what it looks like for me, but consistency is huge. And I know our lives are crazy and um, life does happen. But if you, if, if the word becomes a part of your daily routine, then when you do miss it, then you feel like you're kind of jacked up a little bit. Yeah. And that's kind I of tell people, yeah, I, feel. I tell people all the time when, you know, talking about that, you know, and I know some people it's better at night. Um, yeah. but yeah. for me, um, I'm a, I'm a morning person typically. Yeah. And so I can tell a big difference in the flow of my day, whether I started in the word or not. Yeah. Um, it affects, it affects everything about me. And I think my, honestly, I think my, my, my kids can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, because how I treat them is a little different as well. Yeah, sure. Unfortunately, I've coached all the time. Like, where where do you where do you start? <laughs> you know, I just say all the time is just just hop in the gospel. You know, mm-hmm. hop in the gospel, pick a book and go attack it. And then, you know, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but that's you know, that's kind of how I was taught. You know, I'm, I had the same question: where do I start? And yes, yeah. hop in the gospel and start chipping away at it. And, you know, if it and I think too, for our church, it's, uh, you know, we have a bunch of, you know, like a lot of churches do, we have a bunch of series and stuff like that. So, and a lot of good content behind that. So that's really good for me and my wife. And that's kind of what we dive into on mm-hmm. one time. That's awesome. Good deal. I know, I don't think I said this after I hit record, but I know we joked about it before we started. I, I appreciate you doing this, um, living in Coppell. It was not easy to reach out. Um, but I had a couple of folks mention your name. And so I finally, finally gave in. So, um, I appreciate it. All right. I appreciate you having me. We, uh, I was a lot of respect for the Coppell Cowboys. And we've, had, <laughs> we've had some really good battles over the years from when I played. And then just, it's a really cool, uh, rivalry between our two communities. Thank you to, to Riley for taking time to, to share your story and, um, I know I was encouraged um, by by your story, but most of all, just by your your transparency and, and, and being vulnerable with us and and walking us through a dark time of what it means to hit rock bottom and and how to get through that. Um, because you know you remind us that pain is is unavoidable; it develops us. 
We have to be willing to learn from it. And we can use our story to help free others from pain. So thank you for your transparency. Thank you for being vulnerable. I know I was encouraged um, if, of how you pursue Jesus now. And he used the, the platform that you've been given as a young high school coach at an incredible um, place of great tradition, great expectations, but yet embracing that as the opportunity to shine for Jesus and to make most of Jesus in everything. You talked about uh, stepping out and being bold, um, surrounding yourself with the right people. I love that. That is so important because when we surround ourselves with like-minded people, those also pursuing Jesus it only makes us pursue Jesus even more. So thank you again, um, Riley, for, for that. Um, and just a reminder um, to stay in the Word constantly. That is so, so important. And I would encourage all of our listeners, if you're at a place where you don't know what that looks like, to be consistently in the Word um, Contact someone at your local church. Contact another believer that's in your life or even send us a message. You can go to our website and contact us. You can, through social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just type in All In Sports Outreach. Find out more about who we are, why we do what we do, but send us a message and we can um, hopefully help you in that desire to, to grow closer to Jesus and to spend more time with Him personally. So thank you again to Coach Dodge. Thank you for listening. I would encourage you to share this episode with somebody. I know there's somebody in your life that could use some encouragement. So um, please, please hit that share button. If you're not a current subscriber to our podcast, um, there are well over 130 previous episodes. I know just like this one will encourage you. We have a lot more coming. I'm so excited about what God has um, coming through this ministry through um, media. So thank you again for your encouragement, your, your prayers, and listening. And until next time.